During the last few years, we've ventured into a lot of different fields. And we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Welcome to Started with a Mouse podcast. This is the Takeover. I'm Derek. I'm Abby. And I'm Joe. And for this week, we are taking over for John and Kathy as they are newlyweds now and on their Disney moon. And congratulations to them. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations, guys. Um, we love you, but we're jealous. And we would switch places with you right now if you want. Yeah, I wish we could be there. Yeah, I've been seeing all their posts, and uh, I'm jealous. Yeah, you know, seeing their posts kind of makes me realize that I don't like them that much because now I feel like I really want to be at Disney, and they just keep rubbing it in my face that I'm not. <laughs> well, you missed the go live. I think uh, they went go live on uh, Mickey's Not So Scary at the Small World for us. Oh, yeah, I missed oh, right. that. Thank God. Just recently, they went live with the Three Caballeros ride. Oh, the Grand Tour? Yeah. Grand Fiesta Tour? Good. Yeah. Yeah, Derek missed that too. I don't know what's going on. Like, I disabled some sort of, I think I disabled live notifications on my phone and I thought I was doing it, or for Facebook, and I thought I was doing it for a specific page, but I think I just disabled them altogether. <laughs> Gotta be careful with some of those pages. Yeah, I have, I get like zero notifications now. <laughs> nice. Not working out for me. <laughs> so um the theme of today's episode we're a couple days late here but it's my favorite holiday and it was a, an idea we had a while back uh we want to wish everyone a belated happy halloween and also we're going to take some of your favorite disney movies and turn them into horror movies Ooh, so spooky. get ready for your childhood to burn stop <laughs> love it um, so the idea was we were pretty free flowing with this. We're going to try to keep some semblance of the story and obviously the characters, um, they may change significantly and there may be some plot twists, but I think this should be a fun idea. So should be interesting. Who wants to go first? Not me. All right. Joe, Joe, <laughs> you want to go first? I'll go first. I'll be the All first right. victim. You're the, you're the, yeah, this is really is a horror movie. <laughs> All right, you're the you're the guinea pig. Go at it. My first movie I chose is Inside Out Two, and Riley has had a hard time since moving to San Francisco. So she grows up, and she's still quite upset about leaving her hometown, and she ends up on the streets, and then. Uh, some, some bad stuff happens, and she goes through her life living on the streets, addicted to drugs. It's pretty sad. Anger is just taking over her mind. There is no joy anymore. They've killed her. 
This, is, this got dark fast. I'm we like, that turning into a horror. Yeah, you're doing great, Joe. We, we joked about the drug addiction before we went live, and here we are. <laughs> That's why I laughed, because I, I had it in there. Atlanta. Sadness is just in the corner crying. All the worlds are gone. There's meth. There's meth world. <laughs> what? I can't. This is the worst idea I've ever had. I love it. <laughs> so, what do you guys think of that? I would watch that on repeat. Like, Abby will lay on the couch on days off and she'll watch Coco over and over again with her friends <laughs> when, like, we have a night out and everybody crashes here because apparently we've got the only house that people can crash at or something. Right. And I wake up and come down and they're all just, like, laying here watching Coco. And that would be my version of that. It'd be, like, 3 a.m., I've got my last beer. Everybody's like, are you coming to bed? Hey, hey. What do you want? What's going? Is that meth? <laughs> is that is that Riley? What is happening? What happened to Riley? <laughs> this, this is supposed to be a children's film. Story. <laughs> oh my god, it would be, it would be fantastic. I love this, and it's fitting as well. I probably should have flushed out a little bit more, but I got a little busy this week. That was us. We were a little bit last second, and especially me, because I was like, I feel like I'm okay on doing this type of thing. Like, I, I can come up with these ideas fairly quick. So I was like, yeah, well, why don't you two come up with your ideas first, and then I'll wait. And after everybody chooses their films, I'll pick some. And then it's like this weekend, I'm like, well, I guess I got to pick a couple films last minute <laughs> as I'm doing all this other stuff. <laughs> Partaking in weddings, intoxicated for 98% of the weekend. Yeah, it was not the easiest way to do it. <laughs> All right, Derek, I think it's your turn now. Right. Uh, okay, let's see here. Let me. I got my notes on some files on the computer here. I'm so, sure Abby has hers down to a T. I would hope so. <laughs> All right, so. Don't give me too much credit. <laughs> you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I chose a couple that have darker origins to begin with. Well, the first two at least, or I feel they're darker. Um, so the first one I'm going to go with is Peter Pan. And in my version of Peter Pan, um, Peter Pan is famous in the paranormal community for claiming that he can astral project to different dimensions. But he's often laughed at by mainstream media because they don't believe in astral projection in general. Um, but Wendy and her two male friends are like deeply obsessed with it. They're the type of people that are watching Ghost Adventures all the time. And Ugh. uh Hey, Zach, Zach Bagans is my hero. Don't you? Uh, terrible hero. Absolutely terrible you, hero. Have you seen those biceps? I have seen them, and he is disgusting. <laughs> um, but so, <laughs> so uh, Wendy and her two male friends are obsessed with the idea of astral projection and just paranormal community in general, and they believe in Peter and want him to teach them how to do it, and they want to go with him. And Peter, he's tired of being ridiculed, quite frankly. So he's willing to take them under his wing, try to show them how to do it and teach them. And uh, eventually they were successful and they astral project into Neverland. Peter tells them when they get there, though, that they need to uh, beware because in these dimensions, there's demons that have been trying to kill him since they've noticed him crossing through because they know he doesn't belong there. And he also tells them, you know, that if they die while they're in Neverland, that they're or any astral projecting dimension 
be it that their physical body is going to die as well so they end up encountering one of these demons um whose most pronounced feature is sharp hook-like claws so this is you know the the movie's version of captain hook and he's chasing him trying to get peter because he's been he's seen peter several times come through and he knows he doesn't belong there um so they try to escape the astral projection but they get lost in this dimension while they're running from that demon uh Wendy's two male friends get absolutely slaughtered by the demon. They're just done. I mean, they... <laughs> Way to cut right to the chase. Blood and guts. I don't need oh, to go man. into the details. <laughs> um, but Wendy and Peter escape the demon's grasp that time, and they're still lost. Eventually get to where an area they're familiar with, and they can find their way out. But then at the last second, they encounter the demon again. Uh, Peter, doing something that's totally not Peter Pan-like, uh, sacrifices himself to hold off and distract the demon while Wendy escapes and uh, makes her way back into her physical body. But Peter never returns to his. So Wendy cannot figure out how to astral project back into Neverland without the help of Peter. And she wants to go back and help him and save him. She's, you know, starting to grow to love him through the experience of learning how to do this. She wants to, she believes he's still alive. So the end of the movie is her searching for others who claim to be able to astral project. I'm setting up for a sequel in pretty much every movie here. Money, <laughs> I like it. Because Peter Pan's kind of a selfish dude, man. Like he, eh, he, I feel like he encountered in, in the actual movie encountered, you know, Captain Hook and them and his fights and what for more selfish reasons. Yeah, I mean, he wants revenge on Hook. I mean, he wants. It's not like about anybody else, but no, he doesn't hook one's revenge. Well, he doesn't he, care. Whatever, he just but... thinks it's fun. He's just a whimsical. It's just for him. He's it's like not a malevolent like... fairy. He's a right. strange character. Ooh. I'd actually like to read the, I'd like to read the original book about him. Cause I guess it's a lot darker than Disney's depiction. I'm sure it is. But when you really think about Peter Pan and his encounters with Hook, it's kind of like Peter Pan's fighting off, turning into an adult. If you really I do that. Yes. You know, so when he beats Captain Hook, you know, he doesn't have to turn into a doll. He can always stay that childlike figure. Yeah, I okay. I get that. Um, did, I guess something I read once was that, and I think we might have mentioned this on uh, maybe the one of our um, the Truth and Lie episode or something that we um, sat in on with John and Kathy, but maybe not. Maybe I was looking at it for that. Uh, but... Um, I guess that uh, Walt actually didn't like the depiction of Peter Pan in the movie, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I may I be misquoting that, that, but I think that's accurate. Um, he just didn't think he was a likable character. And if you look at him, he's really not a likable character, but he shouldn't be a likable character. But it's Disney, so everybody needs to be likable in some way, I suppose. Right. right. Speaking of Peter Pan, what what is the deal with the line for his ride at both Magic Kingdoms. Like Disneyland <laughs> and Disney World's Magic Kingdom, you you have to go first thing or it's no less than 40 minutes the rest of the day and it's usually like two hours. And you're like, it's a 90-second ride. I yeah. think due to because of just the way the ride mechanism is, it's poor loading and unloading. Yeah, I think you're right about that. You fit, what, three people at the most in one of those buckets, and they're slow to get on and off. Right, but people, like, always wait in line for it. Like, always. It doesn't matter, like, how long the line is or anything. They will always wait in line for that ride. 
I'm guilty of it. It's one of my must-dos. I, I try my best to, anyway, when we go. We try to when the line's down. We I hate waiting in that line, though. I actually didn't. I don't think we wrote it until, like, our third or my third trip to land. I, I was going to say, when I went without you before, I wrote it before that. So but that was at World. Yeah. I think the one at Land is even more crowded, but I could be wrong. I'm more. It's so weird because we're East Coasters, but I'm more frequent to visit Land than World. So that's always my reference point for something. Well, as of right now, uh, looking on the apps, Disneyland is a 30 minute wait at five o'clock in the afternoon. That's not terrible. Right. I would I would wait 30 minutes. Anything seen, above 30 minutes, I think, is unnecessary. I've seen as high as at least to 90 minutes on a busy day at, at, at Disneyland. Yeah, so I, I overstated that then when I said two hours, but I just knew that it gets above an hour, and it's like, no. I think I wrote it for the first time, and I was like, well, it's over already. Why is there such a big line? But you're right. It, it, it has to have a lot to do with the loading and unloading of it because it in just the capacity that it carries i'd love to know the statistics and i'm sure they're they're you know available um for how many people per hour it can move and, right you'll probably find it online and right now disney world at what is it eight o'clock their time right now it's a 40 minute wait huh all right oh geez yeah, it is. It's Aiden at Disney World. That's a little bit surprising because well, usually people start to wait for like the castle show and stuff like that. I would say at Land right now is probably a lot of lunch crowd yeah. or dinner crowd. I'm sorry. It's probably yeah. a lot of dinner yeah. crowd. That's because we always try to schedule our dinners early so that when we get out of dinner, there's low wait times at a lot of the rides for an hour. Right. It's a good strategy. Abby Dabby. We're rope drop people. We've only rope dropped once. Um, at land and I loved it I was so pumped we're standing up there I keep touching the rope because it just feels <laughs> mystical to me I'm like yeah yeah I just want to jump this because I'm bad but he's like he kept asking he's like well like what's gonna happen I'm like they're literally just going to drop the rope and he's like are, like they're not gonna like perform or anything or like do anything I'm like no they're just gonna drop the rope <laughs> yeah that, that first hour in the park you can get a lot done Oh, yeah, that's no joke. It was very anticlimactic, but it was well worth it to get in there. I mainly wanted to get there, one, to experience rope drop, and two, I really wanted to hit up the donut cart. <laughs> so you, didn't, you didn't want to get your first pickle of the day button? What? A, 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 wait, hold on. A what? I don't know what the... A what? Uh, in some of the select pickle carts at Disneyland, if you're the first one to buy a pickle... You get a congratulations first day first pickle button. I need one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My life is about to change. I don't care if when we get there in January, if my parents are ready or not, my they could still be sleeping like I'm going to rope drop, gotta get the pickle button. I need a pickle pin. You guys catch up with me when you're done. I don't have one. I'm you know, because I'm not a fan of pickles that early in the morning, but I have seen it on some of the Facebook groups. <laughs> yeah, I guess a breakfast pickle is a little weird, but uh, I I would totally eat a breakfast pickle. Love it. So <laughs> it's just random carts for these pickles because I I don't I've never gotten a pickle there. Just I don't think I've pickle. ever seen a pickle cart. There is I know I think it's the one off of Main Street. Like I forget where it's by. I think it's like by the Starbucks, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Oh, we're gonna have to do some research. I oh, need yeah. that pickle um, pin. I gotta get a pickle pin too. Well, we can't both get it at the same time because I'm gonna be the first and you're not. So, I will push you down. 
You're not very strong. <laughs> All right, <laughs> what's your movie? <laughs> yeah, this is south. <laughs> uh, my movie is a zombie apocalypse version of The Lion King. Ooh. Um, all right, so we have Mufasa is the owner and head scientist of a company that is doing groundbreaking work with a potential miraculous cancer-curing drug. Scar is Mufasa's jealous underling that is always harbored to hatred for Mufasa's success. Simba is Mufasa's son who is interning under his father. And one night, Simba forgets to lock up the new medicine properly, and Scar notices that. So he secretly comes back in the middle of the night to steal the drug and take credit for it. And uh, so that Mufasa doesn't obviously become better than him. Uh, Scar is Scar ends up getting in contact with the drug. And this causes him to turn into the first walker, which would be patient zero. And since he turned directly from the medicine itself, he has a slower turning rate and maintains full intelligence. He's harder to tell apart from what you would think of a normal zombie, so he can cover it up and fool everyone around him. Uh, the process takes a little while, and Mufasa comes into the lab in the morning and finds Scar, um, who just finished regaining consciousness after he turned. Scar then proceeds to kill Mufasa and leave the lab. Simba comes in a little later to find his, his father dead, and also notice the medicine missing. Um, at that moment, Simba remembers that he forgot to lock up the medicine. Simba blames himself for his father's death and doesn't know what to do. He panics and flees the country to avoid getting in trouble. Scar fools, fools people and takes over as Mufasa's successor. Scar starts using the drug to build his own team of walkers who will then be his servants. Scar is not as intelligent about the process of making drug as Mufasa was. Ladder batches aren't quite the same and the walkers turn out to be not so intelligent. These walkers symbolize the hyenas in The Lion King. He brings these walkers in and uses them to take over the entire company and the workers condition for other employees that were already there become horrendous. Uh, Nala is an employee there and who is a love interest of Simba at one time. Nala's co-workers that were there previously are disgusted with the conditions with the new employees and that Scar brought in. Nala goes off to find Simba to have him reclaim his father's company. And Nala finds Simba with Timon and Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa are new friends and together the three of them live as vagabonds. They travel around and start and just party and living on the road. Uh, this is the only way that Simba has been able to cope with the feeling like he's caused his father's death. Nala tries to convince Simba to come back and take his father's company back. And Simba does not want to do that. But one night he was partying with Timon and Pumbaa. He hallucinates and sees a talking entity that tells him to remember who he is. Simba ultimately decides to go back and take back his father's company. When he returns and confronts Scar, they get into heated, a heated argument one night where Scar blames Simba for causing his own father's death. The argument then turns into a fistfight. Simba starts off, starts off well, but then falls behind, and as Scar has the upper hand, he tells Simba 
that he was the one who actually killed Mufasa. After Scar reveals the truth to Simba, he gets angry enough to turn the tides in the fight. Simba defeats Scar, ultimately ending in Scar's death as he refused to be detained. Simba takes over as the head of his father's company and they detain all of the other workers and start working on a cure to keep the disease from continuing to spread. The end. That's awesome. <laughs> I would watch it. <laughs> Abby was reaching for that Walking Dead influence on that one. Yeah, like, like my two favorite things is like Lion King and The Walking Dead. No, I love how much detail you put it. You know, I feel, I feel like I'm not back in school and, you know, you see someone do their report and then you're looking over your notes like, oh, maybe I should add some more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just do it as you go. Im impromptu. Just let it rip. I think, honestly, I want to say that the Lion King one that she did is the most fleshed out because after all the time spent on that was like, yeah, I don't know if I should spend that much time on all of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I liked it. It's definitely a movie I would go see for like Halloween. I mean, I'd watch it on Christmas too. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's that was the one with the uh, the, the four the aforementioned um, accidental meth typing, <laughs> where it was Timon and Pumbaa were meth addicts, and it was like, whoa. How did that get in there again? <laughs> it shouldn't have, but, you right. know, voice to speech, somehow they liked the meth. And I'm like, all right, that's weird. <laughs> you know what they say, Akuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> they truly do. I've, I've heard it before. <laughs> all right, you want to give us yeah, your next back one? Back to Joe. All right, my next one is going to be Snow White. But in this Snow White... Snow White is a vampire. Ooh. And seven drawers are her vampire slaves. Oh, I like this a lot. She's like <laughs> Lilith or something. I like this a lot. And so she uses her singing to entice the woodland creatures to come to her so she can suck their blood and gain their power. <laughs> and then we meet the good witch, Grimhilde. And she tries to battle Snow White, but is overpowered by her vampire skills with her, her seven drawers. And then we see Prince Eric. Poor Prince Eric. He never had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> is it Prince Eric? What's Snow White's prince? Is, well, is that it? I don't know. Um, actually. Oh, my God. I feel bad. I did not write down his name. I'm going to Google it. You know what's funny, though, is that you just mentioned the Good Witch and you know, a little spoiler alert for anyone listening is that Abby also chose Snow White and it's our only one that we have two <laughs> of in here. And I think we forgot the good witch even existed. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the, she's the evil witch, but Grimhilde is a... I never knew her name. I looked that one up. Who is the prince in Snow White? Is it just Prince... It's not... Prince Eric is uh, Ariel. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think they just call him the prince. I think he's just the prince. Oh, that's sad. This dude don't even get a name. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, no one is able to uh, topple Snow White in her seven drawers with their powers. So they take over? You they got, take over just... the woodland forest and all the uh -huh. creatures. So, Vampire so, society. There you go. I like it. 
I dig it. Yeah. I love vampire movies. So. I think the vampire is a cool like uh, play on it. Yeah, I think that because that to me like symbolizes that she's basically like Lilith, the first vampire or whatever, and that's pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. All right, Derek, what's your next one? Oh boy, let me see here. Let me scroll down to it. So I took another one of Disney's darker ones. If you look at some of these child films that Disney puts out, they're questionable. I chose Pinocchio, and if you really watch Pinocchio, like I think the top three that come to mind when I think about dark Disney films, if you Google that, Google something of that sort, typically people were like, "Oh, the uh, Black Cauldron" or whatever it is, and like, yeah, that's always like the first one that I see come up. Yeah, that's darker. But then if you look at, you know, Pinocchio or Peter Pan or Dumbo, those are super, super dark, depressing movies to their core. Yeah, re- yeah. rewatching them with with my little one, with James. You know, you look you look at some of these scenes. You're like, God, I forgot this was in here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we watched um, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus again a couple weekends ago because we were going to a Halloween party and the theme was Hocus Pocus, and so I didn't know what character to be, and I wanted to do like I don't want to just do Thackeray Banks, and that's just uncreative. So we we ended up being um. Satan and his wife, who the witches thought was Medusa. <laughs> I wish we could show. I wish we would have took we a picture. We didn't take any pictures. Like we, no, we failed. didn't take any pictures. Abby we got like big the. Time. Abby got like the. What are the, some There's, sort of curlers? It's a, for it's a curler. Hair. It's a hair curler. But they're like pool noodles that you can form, like miniature forming. Yeah, pool just noodles. yeah, just like hers. And that's why they thought she was Medusa, and I, it was great. But we were rewatching that movie, and first off. I didn't realize that that was Sarah Jessica Parker in there. Um, I'm not good with that sort of thing to begin with. But all of the like um, sexual undertones, I guess I would say, holy crap, they would never put that out today. No. No. Though they are, and I was going to put this in the news later when we did our news section, which you I might as well just say it. Of. Yeah, yeah, I might as well just say um, it. No. They are planning right now, and I don't know that it'll go through. A Hocus Pocus 2, and I just saw, and I, I know I've seen it before, and it seems like it's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be a straight to Disney Plus sort of thing, which I'm cool with. Um, but they, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker just confirmed on Twitter the other day that all three of the original witch actresses have confirmed their role on it, and I think they've got a writer or director, I can't remember which one signed to it, so now it's just like, Wait to see if they follow through, but it seems like something profitable, you know, so why not? I'm sure with a lot of the remakes they're doing, why not do a second one? But I did hear that, that all three of the original witches, Sarah Jessica Parker uh, and the other two, I can't remember their names. Oh, I've got them here. Actually have a tab open with some articles for the for the news. Um, Bette Midler, Bette Midler. Uh, and yes. Kathy... Najimi, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that, but they're, they're signed on too, from what I understand, or at least have given some sort of okay that they're going to do it. Yeah, that's fairly. I think Disney Plus is going to be great. I'm super stoked, and I'm definitely going to have a party and have John and Kathy and some people over. We have a countdown going at work as to how many days until Disney Plus comes out. Yeah, Glad. have you guys? Pre- did you pre-buy it or are you waiting? No, we, we pre-bought we, it. Yeah, we did the D23 special. Nice. I'm, I'm waiting because I want to do the bundle with ESPN and Hulu. 
Yeah, see, that was close for me, but... We don't care about ESPN, or yeah. at least I don't. I, don't I, like, I like sports to a degree as a casual thing, I guess. Like, I've played hockey my whole life, and I like it, but I just don't find time to sit down and watch it. And my favorite is, honestly, hockey's my favorite sport, but I prefer to watch football because I feel like it's easier for a casual sports fan to be like, you know, they play and then a break you can get up get a drink whatever like it, it's easier to understand and watch i, fully I just agree. what's that i fully agree but i just don't find the time for it i guess so the espn package didn't appeal to me and hulu i'm still on the fence about i want it i don't have it i just don't want to be like uh so many subscriptions that it hurts you know what i mean yeah we well we just cut the cord with cable so Right now we're doing Sling, and then we're going to do the the bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN and see where we go from there. All right, so let's uh, break into this here. My second movie is going to be Pinocchio. And uh, so in my version of Pinocchio, Geppetto is a lonely old man that's always wanted a son but can't have one. I mean, he's old. I don't want to get into the details of how children are made. It could get really weird really quick. Uh, John and Kathy, I'm just trying to respect the pod here. Um, Keep going, you're good. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> one day he's visited by an alleged witch that refers to herself as a fairy and offers him a ritual to create a son of his own. He gets this ritual off of her out of the desperation and tries it. And the ritual involves making a son out of a doll. So he must first sacrifice a human life and use the blood to bring the doll alive. And much to his surprise, it works. The doll comes to life, but it still strongly resembles a doll. And it's to the point that he doesn't think he can be seen in public with his, what he considers his son now, because it doesn't look like a normal human being. So Geppetto goes on a search for, and he ultimately finds a witch and he asks her how to fix this. Like, how can I make my son a real boy? And uh, she tells him that the only way to do this is that a hundred more human lives need to be sacrificed. This is just population control. You know what I'm saying? So, um, <laughs> Geppetto is, he's too old to be able to accomplish this feat alone and task Pinocchio in doing so. Um, Pinocchio or Geppetto thinks that the best way for Pinocchio to achieve this task is by traveling across the country. Cause you can't do a hundred people like off a hundred people in one area without being noticed. So he joins a traveling freak show and um, he begins his killing quest while he's out there in every city they go. He tries to take one person. So it's a lengthy process, but he fits in because most people like they find him entertaining, but they also don't think that he really looks like that. They think it's a freak show and it's all just put on for the dollars. Um, but Pinocchio eventually makes a friend uh, with this guy named Jiminy, the bug boy and, he has qualities that, or creates his own qualities that cause him to look like a bug. And so he confides in him with his secret about what he really is and what he's really doing at the freak show. And at first, Jiminy doesn't believe him, but then he starts to, and he goes and he tries to be his voice of reason. He's telling him like, hey man, you don't need to continue this. You're fine how you are. You can figure this out. But... Pinocchio doesn't want to hear that. He just, he wants to be a real boy. He wants to make Geppetto happy. Uh, so Jiminy goes and tries to tell the boss of the freak show what Pinocchio has been up to. 
but Pinocchio catches wind that um, Jiminy's doing this and takes his life instead. So with Jiminy missing now, other members of the freak show start asking questions, trying to figure out like, where'd he go? Things don't match up. Why would he leave? He's been here for this long. And um, Pinocchio starts to think like, hey, some of these people are getting pretty close to finding out what's happening. So he starts offing people that know there that he thinks are getting close to finding him out. <clears throat> so then eventually the ringleader uh, finds out what's going on. And he confronts Pinocchio about it. Pinocchio tries to kill him, but it's unsuccessful and attempts to flee. Instead, the ringleader hunts him down and finally captures him and kills him. The ringleader then decides that he needs to go and he needs to find Geppetto and make him pay for his crimes. But when he arrives, he only arrives to find that Geppetto couldn't handle the weight of his own actions and had already taken his own life. So the ringleader just kind of sits down in Geppetto's house. Like this is this is that moment where it's just all come to to a full front for him. Like it's over. He can't believe this all just happened. And then there's a knock on the door, and he's like, "What could that be?" So the ringleader goes to the door. And when he opens the door, there's the witch, and she just gives him a, pro a proposal offering him a way to bring his his uh, freak show friends back, the ones that uh, Pinocchio took their lives. And that's where the movie ends, and it sets up another sequel. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're setting up all the sequels. That's it. You know what? Because it's all about the Benjamins. It is. <laughs> it kind of had like a little bit of a Chucky vibe to it. And then also with like the hundred souls, it kind of brought back memories of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Okay. I I didn't even put that one. Uh, I didn't even consider that one. But the Chucky vibe is what I drew from. But you're absolutely right on the Pirates one, and I can't believe I didn't see that comparison when I was like making my notes up about it. That's good. That's real good. Yeah. You know, I didn't. Just... I didn't even think about that either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck. But I would, another movie I would definitely like to go see because I like horror films. I, I like them more than I've gotten older. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always loved them, but I definitely... I think all of these have been, like, pretty good so far. Like, I would see... I would go see all of them. I think they're all, like, really interesting. I think what's interesting about society right now also is, like... I think that just people have grown an affinity to horror films. Like, if you think about now and, like... I don't know, the, a decade or, you know, 15 years ago, how many, like, horror series were on TV? It was just all your normal sitcoms. Now you've got your Walking Dead, American Horror Story. Like, you've got a lot of different options for that sort of thing. Disney needs to listen to us and invest in this idea. Zombie Land 2 just came out, which was awesome. Yeah. Did you guys go see it yet? What is it? Zombieland 2? No. no, I want to so bad. Oh, it's definitely worth watching in the theater. I love the first one. We don't. Yeah, I think you guys would like it because it pits up right a few years after the first one. We don't make it to the theater very op often, so we usually like wait for it to come out, and I'll rent it on Google Play or something. We got to go see that one in theaters though, because we got to go with Nicole and Amanda. Um, we'll f we'll figure this out. I don't know when, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> So, Abby Dabby, you want to proceed with your next one? All right. 
I'm going to copy Joe, and I'm going to do Snow White, but it's going to be a different spin on it. So, Snow White is an overbearing mother with a lot of psychotic issues. The seven dwarfs are her seven children that she manipulates and physically, mentally, and emotionally tortures. The children never went to school and don't know the outside world. All they know is their mother's loving care. She used them to get revenge on people she doesn't like. The seven children essentially turn out to be serial killers that do as their mother bids. Sleepy only kills you in your sleep. Dopey is illiterate and can't speak well. He still has the mind of a child and most people regard him as being innocent when they encounter him and then he murders them. Sneezy has Tourette's and his tick is that he sneezes a lot when he gets ready to kill someone. Happy has a strange affinity for trying to make your death experience as joyful as possible. Um, meaning like he acts crazy, uh, makes your experience joyful as possible by like telling jokes, laughing, that sort of thing. Bashful is shy, thus resulting in him being a silent killer. Grumpy is the angriest of them all and likes to berate and belittle his victims and mentally torture them leading up to him finally killing them. Often having them tied up and yelling at them, he gets increasingly more angry until he snaps and finishes the deed. Doc is actually extremely intelligent. He's the only one that really realizes what his mother is doing, but it's the only way of life that he knows. Doc sometimes despises Snow White and snaps back from time to time, but ultimately bows down to her wishes. The queen and the prince are actually a married couple, and the prince end up, ends up being a victim of Snow White's murderous children. The queen goes insane after her husband's murdered and starts talking to herself in the mirror. She convinced She's convinced that her mirror self wants her to go out and seek revenge on those who took her husband's life. She seeks out the seven dwarfs one by one, murdering each of them, often in setups where she would potentially be the victim. After getting revenge on the final dwarf, she heads home thinking that she finally avenged her husband. She arrives home to find Snow White waiting for her. She was unaware that the dwarfs had a mother that was actually controlling... was was the actual controlling person of their murderous rampage. She tries to get away with the valiant effort of attempting to kill Snow White as well. The queen ultimately loses her life to Snow White. The end. <laughs> Bravo. That was awesome. <laughs> it's pretty uh, sweet how, like, I like how the roles are changed of who the good guy is at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, especially with Snow White being the mom of the seven drawers and each one has their own psychotic personality. That was a yeah. good moment. I thought I thought that was pretty neat that they all had their own way of like being a serial serial killer and like uh, their own like special thing that they did. It kind of falls in line with the, what was that movie called Seven with Brad Pitt back in the day? Oh, was uh, was that one that was like about the seven deadly sins? Yeah, and then he's screaming at the end, what's in the box? Oh my god. That's what Nicole was saying whenever I told her about this idea. She was saying that it reminded her of that movie too. <laughs> I guess I could see it a little bit. I, I, I I've it. never seen the movie, so I don't know. You What? I've what? never seen the movie. 
I knew I forgot the name of it, but we're always quoting the what's in the box anytime someone brings something in. Yeah, I always quote it, but I've never seen it. Oh. You can't quote the movie anymore until you see the Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't. No, yeah, you cannot quote this until you see the movie. This is wildly disappointing. I had no idea. Are we even friends right now? <laughs> That's so strange. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such a disappointment to you. Uh, yeah. Okay. What's that, Joe? It's okay. Your cake decorating skills make up for it. <laughs> oh, good to know. <laughs> she kills it. I love it. <laughs> Right. What you what you got for your third one there? My third one is Monsters Inc. Number two. Love Monsters Inc. Well, you're gonna love this one because hard times have fallen on Metropolis. <laughs> the Laugh Four hasn't been getting the power they've needed to power the city, so Solly and Mike hatch a new plan. They start stealing the kids and taking them into special rooms. And monsters of Montropolis get to bid on them and torture them to earn the power back for their city. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is, your stuff is so dark. I love it. Well, I was like, well, how dark can we go? You know, we gotta be nice for the podcast. But I was like, well, this is pretty good. So gotta, <laughs> gotta be nice for the podcast. We got meth addicts and torturing children. <laughs> so I kind of went with like the you know, the, the hostile theme. I like it. And then Roz is there to send them back to their ways and save the day and rescue one of the last remaining children. And they... Roz? She's saying, is Boo the remaining child? Oh, that'd be a good idea. I didn't even think of Boo. <laughs> Here to help. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> We're writing this on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I was not as prepared as you guys for this stuff. But this one's this is my favorite out of all of ours so far, though. To be honest, did I cut you off early? No, you're good. That's pretty much all I had. That's fantastic, and I love that Roz is like the hero to save everybody's day at the end of it all. Always watching. <laughs> <laughs> I love that experience, that attraction at Disney. The laugh floor is fantastic. I could do it on repeat. The laugh floor is like one of my favorite things. You know, that is one. Um, I'm going to have to put that on my list for next time we go. I have not been on, been to the laugh floor. Yeah, you have to go. It is, it's hysterical. It is so funny. I've done the Monsters, Inc. ride at Disneyland a hundred times. Yeah, like that's that awesome too. too. Yeah, that's fun. That one's like so tucked away in such a strange little corner though. Until we did it the last time we were there. I didn't even know it was there. I've never read that before. Well, usually what we do is when we get, when we get in... I'll try to get like a fast pass for Guardians, and then we'll hit Monsters Monsters Ride until uh, the fast pass comes available. That's a good idea, though. And then that, that way, that gets that kind of like corner section of the park done for the day, unless you want to go back and do Guardians. Guardians has me like internally struggling because I love. I love spooky stuff. So I love the Tower of Terror ride and I love the theming of it. Just everything about it's great. But oh my gosh, the Guardians ride is it's incredible. So, yeah, it's so intense. I was so nervous for them to redo it. But whenever they did and we wrote it for the first time, I was like, this is awesome. This is like the best thing they could have ever done. I think everyone was, you know, because it's so hard when they change a ride at Disney, you know. Yeah. Get, how are they going to do it? And, the way they added the drop, the different drop sequences in it, 
I mean, it really made the ride. Yeah, I mean, definitely, 100%. It's, it, I think a lot of it for me, too, is the other sensory parts of it. So, like, the audio, the just the music they play and the soundtrack the is... Soundtrack. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it gets you amped up. Like, it makes the drop. It, it's going as fast as it did before and as high as it was before, but it feels so much more intense now. I, I agree. I, I agree. And we did the um, the Halloween version of it a couple of years ago also, and that was fantastic. I think that's when we first wrote it, when they first did that. With yeah, Monsters so. Unleashed? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't think I've done that one. Because we were there, um, we went for BlizzCon, and we were there when it was one of the last couple, last month or two of um, the actual Twilight Zone one being open. It, it was right before it changed themes. And they were doing blackout nights every night or something like that because it was closing soon. And that was super cool because, like, you had the audio and stuff, but you couldn't see a darn thing. <laughs> That'd be cool to see. Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. That's a, that. I'm excited to see the one, the um, Guardians ride they're installing at Disney World. I'm very pumped about that Me one. too. Uh, yeah, the, the new uh, the ride cars that can swivel you. That was incredible. Everybody's are. Is this a trackless thing? Like, which one's the trackless ride they're putting in? Because I keep hearing that's, all the like. That's Ratatouille. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but this that one actual, sounds awesome. Guardians in Disney World is gonna be an actual roller coaster that the cars can swivel, kind of like Haunted Mansion Doom buggies, is what they're saying. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm with that. It'll be a fun time. I'm I'm excited for all the upgrades they got going on. And one of our like long-term plans right now that we wanted to do sooner than later, but now we're pushing off. I guess since we're talking about park upgrades, um, we wanted to go uh, to Japan. We want to go to Disneyland Tokyo because everybody, like anyone we've talked to, I think it was at Disneyland, we got into a conversation with a cast member and they were basically like, yeah, uh, a lot of American Disney parks get like hand-me-downs from Tokyo because all of their stuff's like the newest, coolest stuff possible. Yeah, yeah, that was there. He said that the the floats that they get at Disneyland are hand-me-downs from Tokyo. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so- I know Disney World is getting Tron where Tokyo, I think Tokyo had it first. And then uh, what they leaked with B- the Beauty and the Beast ride they're doing over there looked incredible. The oh my gosh! Yeah, those are crazy. Next level. Yeah, that that's that stuff is insane. And then I mean, from what they did with the animatronics in Star Wars, I mean, it, it, with Hondo in the Millennium Falcon ride, that's an, that was next level. I I haven't seen it. I haven't watched any spoiler videos. I'm excited for it if we get to do it when we go. Hope so. Someday. January. Hope so. January is happening as long as there's not a line there, I guess. (laughs) I mean, we're definitely going to be there. It just depends on whether we can actually ride the ride or not. Right. It'll change my fast pass strategy pretty significantly. Well, I think for those, well, I know for Millennium Falcon, they don't have fast pass quite just yet. And then they might not do it for Rise of the Resistance because uh, it's opening January 17th, I believe. Oh, geez. Okay. 
So I don't even, yeah, that won't affect Still might not have fast pass for those two rides when you're there in January. Okay. That's good. That That's good to know then. That's something I don't have to concern over. Right. I think we're going to, I think we're going to kind of off topic, but kind of still on topic to the trip. I think we're going to try Steakhouse 55 while while we're out there. Have you been there? I have not. Um, Since, since we've had the little one, we usually do Goofy's Kitchen, but I've heard amazing things from Steakhouse 55. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Nothing but good stuff. So I'm pretty pumped to check it out. I want to get a good reservation because when we did the, um, Napa Rose, that was fantastic. That and was incredible. This is supposed to be, I guess, on the same level, but a steakhouse version. So I'm stoked to get the family in there. I think Steakhouse 55 is a little bit less, like, bougie, if you want to say it that way. Yeah, it was definitely bougie. Rose. You know, I don't think you're going to get, like, uh, you know, some of the stuff I've looked at their menu before. It's just like, oh, I don't think my five-year-old's going to eat that. <laughs> let's, let's go to Goofy's Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we almost um didn't make it into the Napa Rose when we went there uh, because like we're walking over and we didn't stay on property and when you get to the front of the Disneyland uh Grand Californian it's like it's all gated off so some employees leaving and we asked her she was an older lady and we're like hey um we don't know how to get in she's like where well, you staying here I'm like no but I have a reservation at the Napa Rose and she said, well, and I don't know if this is true or not because I heard different information from people. But she said, well, that's for uh, that's only for people that are staying here. But why would they let you make a reservation was my thought. So no, I'm like, it's, it's, it's for anyone. As long as you have a reservation, I think mm-hmm. uh, you can self park if you have a reservation. I know I've gone to Disneyland Hotel uh, for a reservation for Goofy's Kitchen and we've valeted. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, she was wrong about that, but she, like, scans her key card and opens the front gate. It's like, shh, just go in. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, we could, I can give you guys some pointers about Disneyland stuff. And, like, is it, uh, Grand California has their own entrance. So, but they don't let people staying at Paradise Pier use that, so you have to walk all the way around. So they kind of get off the front of the Grand California. Oh, that's where oh, we messed up. Yeah, yeah, we went in the front, and that's why we couldn't get in. We're like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, they have a side entrance that you can get in no problem through uh, downtown Disney on the side. Oh, you know what? Now that you mention that, I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. That's That's funny. We've entirely missed that (laughs) go figure right so uh my third movie here is the incredibles this one's i don't know that it's it's not as much of a horror movie as it is just kind of a dark action film and i sort of i sort of pulled the um my influence for this one from a comic book i've read before uh called irredeemable that's about like bad a bad superhero that just like slaughters people so um the idea of this one is that society is growing tired of individuals having like so much power as a single person and they start to turn on the supers uh they start to protest the supers but mostly the incredibles since they're the main superheroes in the world um and they start to just do mean things to them like just just 
torture them by they'll hack their personal information, leak it online, and just psychologically torture them to the point where now the Incredibles don't feel like equals either. They think that, you know, mankind thinks of them as lesser. Um, so this causes them to kind of go insane to a point and decide to start killing all all humans. Um, so now Syndrome Ford uh, or forms the world's greatest military mind, or he gathers the world's greatest military minds and leaders and informs um, them of the situation and forms a uh, special, like a worldwide special ops um, squadron to try and defeat the Incredibles. And he use, he has the Underminer hired in to create mech suits and heavy arms for the fighters to be able to take on the Supers. All while this is happening, the Incredibles continue to slaughter and torment the humans of the world. It all started really fast. They would just kind of go out. Uh, they'd, get, they'd be sitting around, talk about it, fumigate and get mad and head out and slaughter people on the spot. But now they're to the point where they're like enjoying it. They're slowly torturing and tormenting people uh, and taking their time. They're, they're just, their hatred is growing and it's it's becoming them. So Syndrome's uh, uh, special task force encounters them in a battle resulting in the death of the Underminer. Um, the task force is, you know, essentially defeated in this battle, losing probably over half their men members uh, and being forced to retreat. Um, Edna is a leader of the Incredibles, but... She's just a normal human. She doesn't have any superpowers. Um, she's the only human they trust in life and haven't killed. Uh, but they, they've they become increasingly more hostile toward her as their hatred grows. So uh, she decides that they need to be stopped. And she goes to help um, come up with a way to take them out. Together, Adnan Syndrome uh, come up with a way to create an extremely strong radiation field that prevents the incredibles from using their powers they lure the incredibles into the radiation field and confront them uh, the incredibles then try to use their powers uh, to defeat what's left of that special task force but they quickly realize that they can't uh, the task force proceeds to slaughter the entire family of incredibles the final person left is violet she's just on the ground laying on her stomach reaching up begging for mercy uh, claiming that she now realizing realizes the error of her ways, uh, but they they don't want to risk it, and they just take her life on the spot. Um, Syndrome, uh, it was the one that took it upon himself to end her life. The but the result of all this in a negative aspect is that the high radiation um, in that field resulted in the eventual death of everybody that was in the field, and unfortunately. That was a longer, slower process than had they actually died in battle. Um, but they knew that this was a risk going into it, and they did it anyways as a way to restore order to the world. Uh, so after that, all other supers go into hiding because they just think, you know, humankind's after us. They, they want to murder us and get rid of all of us. But the movie ends showing some news alleged or, or what you could think is a possible supervillain configuring some evil plot or tool to take over the world. So will the supers ever return now? Or is mankind going to have to try to take them out without them? <laughs> Setting up for another <laughs> sequel. <laughs> so I want to know what happened to Jack-Jack. Uh, we weren't, I, I, I went with 
old school original, I guess. <laughs> so he's like Jack Jack was in that one, but he didn't kind have of not relevant though. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of left him out because he wasn't a super. Nice. Yeah, otherwise, I don't think they would have been able to be defeated. <laughs> I couldn't kill off the little man. I just had to leave him out of it. He just wasn't in the movie. Yeah, period. <laughs> he didn't exist yet. He was preconception. We were a little over budget, so we just cut out Jack Jack. <laughs> yeah, Jack Jack's a done one. <laughs> I mean, we only go so far in the horror movies. We're not taking out infants. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought it, I thought it'd be cool to go on the aspect of like the supers are turning on the world. Like, what do you? Which, I guess, in a way, is the same as you know, of uh, uh, the movies, the concept of the movie in general, because it's a lot of superhero movies are a different malevolent super coming to destroy the world or kill someone or blah, blah, blah. But I guess the spin on this one was that it was the, you know, the main good ones, the strongest supers out there, and they were almost unstoppable. Mm. I like it. All right, Abby, what's your third one? Uh, Let me bring it up here. Whoa. All right, my last one is Aladdin. So I'm having a really hard time. She is struggling hard. (laughs) What is a computer again? I don't know. Where did I save that file? (laughs) All right. So Aladdin is an antique collector that acquires a haunted collection. The genie is a malevolent spirit that's tied to these antiques. Uh, These artifacts torture Aladdin and his family and result in the deaths of everybody close to him that he loves. Jasmine is his love interest, and he does not want her to get hurt, so he distances himself from her to avoid her being affected by the curse. Jasmine doesn't understand why he's distancing himself. She believes he's going through a rough time since his family members have died. So she continues to try to help him and contact him. The only way to break this curse is to give these haunted artifacts to other people. He tries to do so in in what he believes is the most noblest way possible by offloading the collection to people that he believed to be awful people. These people are often convicted criminals that have returned from prison. This weighs heavily on his soul. Uh, Still, he manages to get rid of all the artifacts and is down to the final piece, which is a Victorian lamp. He finally gets rid of the lamp to somebody that he deemed fit for it, and then later finds out that this person was out of prison because they were found to have been wrongfully convicted. This person is Jafar. He goes to try to retrieve it from Jafar, and they both end up trying to break the curse together after he informs Jafar of the lamp's curse. Aladdin and Jafar both fall victim to the curse and lose their lives. A morning Jasmine wants something more to remember him by as she's going through his stuff after his death. She finds the lamp and feels a strange connection to it. She takes the lamp with her and the movie ends. Nice. 
That'd be set up for a sequel. <laughs> That's just, definitely a sequel. Disney's making a lot of money off of us. Just one. <laughs> so do like when he gives them the relic, is it like it, they they think it's like, oh, this is such a nice piece, and then they start seeing how it's cursed? Yeah, they they end up getting the curse. Nice. So what is it? You know, like a poltergeist coming after him sort of thing? Things like is it do you think it would be a slow process, things moving in the house, or is it pretty, like, first night, walls start shaking, they go to find out, maybe they, like, start seeing things that aren't there and fall off the balcony sort of thing? I, I like to think that it's, like, a slow, slow process, like the, the genie or whatever curse, you know, gets to take gets to take their time and, like, have some fun with it. Okay. I dig that. I definitely dig that. That means for a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd watch that one. Given the, I like the whole, I like the whole ghosts and guys thing. The whole poltergeist thing is awesome. I, that's one of my favorite genres. Like, I like slasher films when it comes to horror movies. I can appreciate them, but I'm really into the paranormal aspect of things. I don't know why. Like uh, things like, um, Insidious is my favorite horror film. That's or, a good um, Oh yeah. Th- the sequel, the first Insidious sequel, the second Insidious movie overall, was, and I stand by this still, the best sequel of any movie I've ever seen, just because of the way that they tie into the original. They're all really, really well done. Like, they're all really, really good, like, tied together movies and everything. They, they're incredible. Yeah, then like that, and like Annabelle. Oh, yeah, yeah those that are good, good too. too. The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Um what was the Netflix series that we watched? Um, House on the Hill or something like that? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I got to Google it. That one. That one was really awesome, too. Saying, scared them to death and people were crying and couldn't watch it. Uh, uh, I hear that all the time about a bunch of... I know. <laughs> That's every horror movie that comes out. They're just like... it. It's like it had to be the best or the scariest thing ever where people couldn't watch it. Let me see. I'm Googling it. It's funny to watch some of the older movies, like the original Poltergeist, and uh, you know, like uh, like watching some of the older scary movies from like back in the day. You know, like the the jump scares, like the phone rings really loud, or you know, like a door slams, and it's like what passed for scary back in the day is kind of funny to watch now. Oh yeah, exactly. Because now it's like with the CGI and everything we got, the game is a lot different when it comes to films. Um, the one I was talking, I was thinking about, and it's, I just pulled it up on my phone. It's called The Haunting of Hill House. And if you haven't seen it, it's a Netflix series. And I think they're developing a sequel right now. I could be wrong, but I think so. It is phenomenal. Like, that is an incredible series. You'll binge watch it once you start it. It's so dark and twisted. It's got your meth addicts, so you'll love it. I'll have to check it out. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess you know that was that was our main three, and I think uh, I think all of us did good. I would, I would go watch all those movies. I agree. I fully agree. Maybe uh, we'll post a link in uh, the group and see what everyone else thinks. Yeah, yeah, we should. We should. Um, when, we, see... when you post this to the, they can see which one's their favorite. They can vote. Ooh, that'd be a good one. I'm with that. Yeah, they nine options. They can vote for them. I dig this, yeah. So we each pick one that we felt was our strongest, and we'll just give them three to choose from. Yeah, that all right. That makes it easier. I like that too. That does yeah. that. That makes it a lot easier to work with. We'll do that. We'll. I'll probably edit this 
on uh, Monday. So when people are listening to this, it's going to be Tuesday. Um, I'll release it overnight. We'll post a um, poll on Tuesday and we'll find out uh, who people like whose uh, movie people were most interested in seeing. There we go. So uh, let's get into a little bit of the news, which I don't have a whole lot of. I tried to um, try to hit a couple uh, big topics here. So the one thing I got here for uh, the, the this is <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> what is it? My first piece of news I have is that they are releasing a new special edition Mickey Mouse fridge in the U.S. of A. It is like super cute, though. Like Mickey standing there on his tippy toes, like reaching up to open the fridge. So it's super cute, but I, it's so random. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen this thing yet, Joe? No. Maybe you can send me a picture. Oh, yeah. I'll have to. You know what? I'll just do that right now while we're on here because it's. It is utterly ridiculous, and I love it at the same time. All right, it's coming your way on Messenger, I think. (laughs) It's supposed to be. Yeah, there it goes. (laughs) It's just a refrigerator with a vinyl sticker on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a refrigerator. with. This is one of those Disney marketing gimmicks that you're just like, yeah, I, I love it, but the 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 price tag, it, what? So it's um, and I'm not, I'm not like an appliance guy, okay, so I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with the brand. SMEG is the uh, the brand, I guess, and the model is the FAB twenty eight. Um, it kind of looks like a replica of the old school refrigerator, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like an old school refrigerator, and that's the idea. And um, it, it's the things they're bragging about are stuff that like every refrigerator has right now, like Energy Star efficiency, large interiors, uh, whatever a Life Plus drawer for extra cooling temperatures is. Sounds great. Uh, more adjustable glass shelves and a multi-flow cooling system. Starting this November, it'll be exclusively available at Williams Sonoma, which I don't know what that is. I don't either. know what that is either. It's like a higher-end cooking store. So anytime I hear Williams Sonoma, I just start seeing dollar signs in my head. Oh well, so you're perfectly right. So this very oh my gosh, <laughs> Abby just saw the price. So this this perfectly normal okay, fridge. Okay, our that... fridge, our normal, just you know basic generic fridge was $400. Yeah, and this one here, this fridge doesn't even have Wi-Fi. No. <laughs> but no, so this this fridge, a plain fridge with these simple features, retails for, drum roll, $2,799. Ouch. Yeah, they have to be out of their minds. But you know what? It's cute. It's kind of got that old school black and white Disney Mickey on it. Yes. Yeah, so, it's it's cute. I mean, I could probably do that same fridge for my garage fridge for about a couple hundred bucks for a Etsy sticker. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll print out the vinyl and I'll just stick it on whatever fridge I have. Mm-hmm. It still holds beer. It'll be fine. Yeah, I, I don't foresee these. Oh, hey, it's each their own. It's an awesome looking fridge. 
But does it have an ice baller like the new Samsung does? A what? Have you seen the new Samsung refrigerator? No. It, it makes ice balls for like cocktail drinks. Shut up. Oh my up. gosh. Abby, we got to invest. No. <laughs> we have to invest. No. There's no reason not to invest. <laughs> There's every reason to, but no reason not to. I don't even like ice. Yeah, I, I drink most of my, I drink all of my drinks straight, but I neat, but I would totally, um, I'm with this. Then I'll, then I'll, you know what? This is a money saving opportunity. So we buy this new ice ball making fridge. And from now on, I don't have to buy expensive whiskeys anymore. I can buy cheap ones, yeah, throw an ice cube in it. You know what I'm saying? It kind of dilutes it. It won't be as harsh. And then the balls are so big that you you need less whiskey. It just makes it think make that you drink more. Yeah, see, I, I'm pretty sure that we all know that that is not true. This is a money saving opportunity. We're really, you know what? We gotta get on board with this. <laughs> I dig it. Um, one of the other news items I've noticed recently that I I think it's cool. Like, I'm not against adding anything to the experience of Disney. I just don't know that it makes for this that great of an like addition this time. Have you seen these um super zoom magic shots? I've seen the one at Magic Kingdom and I've, I think I've seen the one at at uh, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, so they're adding more of them. So they have the one at Magic Kingdom now that's uh, right outside of the castle and at Galaxy's Edge uh, where did they just add one? Isn't it by like Docking Base 7, maybe? They have the first one is near the first cargo or the first order cargo area. Okay. Um, the second one is, yeah, the second one's at Docking Base 7. And I think they just added a third one, but I don't know. Maybe so I, that I is the I don't really understand one. what they, what is it? It's It's literally like, do you get more in the picture? Do you get more like uh, background or like what? Like what is the benefit of this? Like what is it? It's, it's more of a background. So like you get like an up close shot of like let's say you and Derek are up close, and then it starts zooming out. So you see more of like if you're in front of the castle, castle, it zooms out so you get a bigger picture of the castle, and then it goes out like further. I don't know how they're taking these pictures though. Are they using drones or is it on like a post or? So, like, I see them on this, like, website that we have up here, and there's, like, one of them up close, and then there's a one of them, like, far away. But it's so far away that unless I knew they were in there, I wouldn't know that these people were in there. Well, it's supposed to be, like, a, I think more of, like, a gift file. Where like, where, like, where's Waldo? Yeah, well, where it starts up, up <laughs> close, and then it zooms you out or zooms you back in. Hmm. If that means... I think it's I think it's cool, but the pictures that they show in like the uh, basically like the advertisements or something, they just don't look that good. Like they're not as personable, and they're not. I don't know. They're. I'm not crazy. I don't. About I don't them. know what's going on with these pictures because they look like they're from like the 90s. Yep. Um. It just shows bad families. Yeah. I. They <laughs> need. They need better pictures than this on this website because these don't give, do it any justice. 
Well, I think it goes back to Disney trying to cut corners and, you know, going to those photo boxes instead of using photographers. See, and I, I didn't, at first I didn't think that I was, you know, I, I guess at first I wasn't against that because I guess a lot of their photographers aren't, you know, in my opinion, they're not like real photographers. They're just like people that are lightly trained in using the camera to some extent or so that's how I've always perceived it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, you know, AI could probably do better for some situations other than I like the human interaction. Um, but this is, if this is what those are going to look like, then I'd rather have the person because these just don't look that nice. I agree. Yeah. Also, I guess in the news now, um, everybody mark your calendars because in two days, the Little Mermaid Live is going to premiere on ABC. I'm excited for this. I'm pretty excited for it. We need to make sure we record it. And the cast is good and interesting. Like, you have Queen Latifah, you have Shaggy, John Stamos. I don't know the aerial lead, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her name. And I don't know who Graham Phillips is either, but, like, the, the main starring cast is some bigger names. I'm pretty pumped about this. Especially Queen Latifah. I think she's going to do phenomenal. I yeah, think. she's going to do great. Shaggy, I'm pretty interested to see how that goes. Uh, John Stamos is like, I'm excited for that too. If there's not a Shaggy wasn't me line in there at some point in time, I'm going to be like <laughs> majorly disappointment. Disappointed. Oh my God. I'll, I'll if that, that'll make my entire watching experience so much better. Yeah, I don't know who who's playing Ariel. I can't. Oh, uh, it's. Oh. Yeah, I I, I can't even it looks, pronounce. It sounds. It looks like it, it's. Lily Cravel. Yeah, it's a very interesting name. She's from Hawaii. Uh oh. Well, I clicked on the wiki page just so I could see the pronunciation, she... and that's even worse. <laughs> she does Moana. Does she do Moana? She what? Does Ooh. she do Moana? The songs uh, sing. I don't know. Let me see. Yeah. Holy crap. She's the voice of Moana. That's no. what I thought. When well, I saw we, her face, that's what I thought. At least we know she can sing. Right. I think that the Moana songs are some of the best Disney songs. It, probably the best. Like those, I, I don't like, I, I, I don't want to say I don't like, but I think the originals are better than like the, um, what they did, like pop covers at the end of the movie or something they put in yeah. it. Yeah. Like but a remix kind of thing. Her original one, like, this girl has one heck of a voice. It's incredible. She's yeah. really good. I love that whole, like, the whole entire movie. Everything about it. Uh, we still watch it. My son still watches it. Any chance he gets. That's. I think that's probably one of Abby's repeat watchers. Yep. You know, with uh, the song How Far I'll Go or We Know the Way. Or... Oh, yeah. They're they're all fantastic. Disney hit it out of the park with that one. That and Coco recently have just been like, holy cow. Especially with The Rock with You're Welcome. Oh my God, I know. Because you're like, yo, The Rock can't sing. But then it fits the character. And you're like, it doesn't matter whether he's hitting high notes or anything. It it fits the character. He's great for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for the new Jungle Cruise. I was very scared, um, especially when they cast The Rock, because sometimes it feels like The Rock, they're just like, 
yeah, we need a big name actor and the rock, someone you can get easily and readily available to do something. And he'll play the tooth fairy if you really want him to. <laughs> but he, uh, that trailer looks fantastic. I'm, this movie better not stink because I love the Jungle Cruise and I think there's a whole lot of room and there better be one-liners like crazy. Well, I mean, from the preview, it looks like there will be. Yeah, because he goes and says, you know, the backside of water. Yeah, yeah, I love that they <laughs> always had in something. There. That would kill the movie altogether if they did not have that. Right. Um, uh, other, mo- other news we got here, and this one I'm going to be short on because I don't I gotta admit, I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> it was confirmed that Ant-Man 3 is coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I've never seen the other Ant-Man, so... I haven't. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. Okay, you know, I, I, I'll give you a pass on some of them, but Paul Rudd as Ant-Man is... <laughs> Is hilarious, and I, I, I know I will give you. I did not see the second one with the wasp, but uh, the first one is awesome. The wasp. It's a good, it's a good movie. You should watch it. I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, we'll um, have to make time and watch it. I got a lot of movies, but especially Marvel. I still haven't seen Endgame. I got a lot of catch up. Yes. I'm quiet. I'm just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get cussed out. <laughs> no. no, no. Uh, the uh, another piece of news I got here is: um, Have you seen this article about uh, Disney's creating a new mu- uh, new movie that's a musical called Marley that's going to be based on a Christmas car- uh, Christmas Carol? But uh, the perspective is from that of um, Ebenezer. Oh. No, 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 no. It, it's from of uh, Jacob Marley. Oh, the whole really? story. No, I missed that one. Yeah, it sounds really good. So. The uh, Hollywood Reporter's um, news description of it was um, titled Marley. The feature aims to reinvent the well-known story by conveying it through the eyes of Jacob Marley, the deceased business partner of Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge, of course, is the is the cold-hearted miser who, in the bulk of Charles Dickens' classic, is visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future who give him a chance to change his ways. Marley's apparition, weighed down by chains and endless torment, visits Scrooge and foretells the man of his impeding ghostly visits, or impending ghostly visits. So this is, I don't know how uh, they can tell the story, the entire story through the eyes of a ghost, but I think this is going to be fun. It should be interesting. And in a musical aspect. Yeah, I love musicals Uh, too. You had me up until musical. No! Joe. <laughs> I don't mind a little song here and there, but if you're singing through the entire movie, just hit fast forward and let's get on with this. Oh, oh I love hurts. a musical. So do you hate Frozen? Because that's been people I know that don't really like Frozen. Their main like complaint is that it's too much of a musical. No, I, I, when Frozen came out, you know, I, I really liked it. I didn't think it was too much of a musical. Now, like, Watching a movie like Cats that's getting ready to come out, I will pass hard on that movie. <laughs> well, what is it? Cats. I, I Cats. It's a Broadway show. Uh, not familiar. Or like The Greatest Showman. I thought it was okay. It was just a lot. Oh, no. Don't break my heart, Joe. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I love The Greatest Showman, but I am so stupidly stoked 
for the new Frozen movie. Like, I cannot wait for that to come out. Yeah, we saw, we went and saw Arctic Dog last night with James, and uh, he's like, Daddy, Frozen 2's coming. I'm like, can we just let it go already? Oh, (laughs) I'm excited. It looks good. Hopefully the story, you know, matches up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, too. It looks like kind of a superhero-ish thing, so I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm stoked that they're coming out with Nestle or something's doing Nestle Tollhouse. Is that what they call it? They're doing cookies. <laughs> they're doing frozen cookies, and it's gonna be the ones that you just kind of find in the uh, uh, refrigerated section of the, grocery the break and store. bake ones. Yeah, yeah, they're like come in that little plastic package or whatever. Yeah, you just like break them apart and then bake oh, them. Oh yeah, I'm break excited. Break and bake. I didn't know oh, that. You like those. I didn't know that's what they were called. I think uh, also um, in the news recently was that um, Disney released a new trailer for the most anticipated series coming to Disney Plus. Forky asks a question. (laughs) (laughs) I I missed the trailer. How was it? Did you guys watch it? It seems funny. It looks hilarious. So what's the premise of the show? Um, well, in the preview, he just literally, like, asked questions. Yeah, he literally... He's like, what is time? Yeah, boom. Someone has to explain time to him. And, and then he, like, blows his mind, and then his arms fall to the ground. <laughs> is it, it random people? Like, on the street? No, 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 It's no. like the other toys. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's at like least, Rex yeah, it's at stuff. least the other toys. Like, his friends. So who... If it was, like, a... Like a turtle talk with crush type of thing with real people. Oh my god. That that's <laughs> they a should concept. do that like at Disney. Like have someone like be Forky or like have a little station where Forky is and have him like randomly ask people who walk by random questions. Yeah, we're gonna see a refurb of turtle talk with crush pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll be random questions with Forky. Yep. <laughs> Forky's gotta be my favorite character that Disney's come out with in years i mean yeah i thought i thought he would be annoying um just from like the previous but once you like see the movie you like fall in love with forky yeah i was with you abby on that one i thought like oh great this guy's gonna be annoying and but no i think everyone fell in love with forky yes absolutely so what uh i think i have one last piece of news here and uh this one's not really like something i'm gonna go too heavily into detail there but if anybody's going to be in the Disneyland Resort area during um, Thanksgiving, I wish I was. They have released their uh, Thanksgiving Day dining options for the Disneyland Resort, and it includes things, uh, items from Blue Bayou, uh, Cafe Orleans, uh, Carnation Cafe, Plaza Inn, Riverbell Terrace, French Market, Monte Cristo sandwich. Oh my gosh! Right, uh, the turkey oh. and ham special at Blue Bayou. Have you guys ever had the Monte Cristo from Cafe Orleans at Disneyland? No, I've had a Monte Cristo, but I've never had one from like Disneyland or Disney in general. Okay, mark it down for your January trip. Or yeah, your January trip. You guys have to go to Cafe Orleans and get the Monte Cristo. All right. I'll add that to the list. I've read online a lot that that's like the best food item on that side of the the parks. And, uh, I just I love the experience of Blue Bayou so much that I can't not go to Blue Bayou and then I don't really eat lunch like we got to get a Monte Cristo and like share it or something. I love uh, a Monte Cristo. 
I wonder if we can... It's worth at least going and getting for lunch. Just split one, because they're huge. Do you, Yeah, can you get food to go from there? No. Or is... Oh, you have to sit down. I think I think that's what we tried. Remember the last time we were there, you tried. I think you tried to get the Monte Cristo to go, and you couldn't get a to go. No, I think I and they and they get booked up rather fast too. Hmm. We'll have to figure this one out because I've been wanting it for a while because I've read rave reviews about it. Yeah, you a got people... the palm frites, which is uh the fries with garlic and uh, truffle oil. I think they put on it, and then get the Monte Cristo, and then get an order of beignets. Done. Oh. Sounds oh, great. My gosh. A lot of people kind of poo poo on Blue Bayou. I've never really had a bad meal. I know that it's not like the greatest food you could ever eat, but I've I've been decently impressed with some of their offerings. I don't think I've ever been disappointed anytime we've eaten there. Yeah. Like the food is always solid every time I've been. I mean it's not it's not earth shattering, you know, Ruth Chris style. It's still Disney food, but it's I think it's elevated. Plus you're sitting in the middle of Pirates of the Caribbean. How could you go wrong? Right. That's something with Disney restaurants that I feel all around is that, like, you'll hear a lot of rave reviews about a lot of places. But for me, like, most Disney food is like, eh, it's just another Disney restaurant other than a select few. I think we'll have to do another podcast on restaurants. Oh, yeah. Yes. An episode about all the overrated options. Yes. Which is okay. most of them. And then uh, breaking news, John and Kathy tried the Skyliner tonight. That's Did they the finally video. do it? That is the video that I was accidentally playing earlier that you yelled at me for. Kathy, <laughs> shut your phone off. So John, Mr. Never, Never the Death Buckets went on them tonight. So I'll be interested yeah. to see what they say. I, I love that. Uh, I'm pretty sure in like the slight clip of the video that I accidentally played, Kathy was saying, I am really terrified right now. <laughs> I uh, I wish that they would have gotten stuck up there. I, I mean, no, it will. Like, you're not going to get hurt. It's not falling from the sky. But, man, it would have been hilarious if you would have said, John, Kathy, if you guys would have spent three hours in the death buckets. <laughs> At least you get a gift card. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd volunteer for it. Yeah, I heard those. Uh, the people who got stuck got hooked up pretty good. They did, from what I read. I mean, I'd take that any day, I guess. Yeah, they got like two park hopper tickets per person and a couple hundred bucks per person. Yeah, I mean, the time is the main thing you're losing. You know what I mean? I, I don't care about the experience of sitting up there and not, you know, just, I, I'm not scared of heights or the, the system in general. I feel like it's probably very safe. Yeah, it wrecked into a different car. Which isn't the safest thing, but I don't think it's gonna but just it, like I don't snap know if, a cable and fall to the ground. I don't know if anybody was in that car, like the ones that like crashed. Uh, I know, I know they were like at the station. It wasn't like in the air or anything. I don't think anybody was actually in the cars when they slammed into each other. Oh uh, well, that's that's good then. I didn't know that. Um, I'm gonna try it. I think it's cool. I like every form of transportation they can get to lighten the load. Well, I think it'd be nice, you know, if you're at Hollywood Studios, you know, there's not many dinner options there. So you could hop that Skyliner right over to either a resort or even into the back door of Epcot and go have a nice dinner somewhere. Yeah, that's right. a good idea. I didn't even consider that. Uh, the other options here for Thanksgiving uh, over in, um, let's see here, we got over in the California Adventure side of the park, we have... Flows V8 has some options, which is funny because I always think of them as just being like snacks and cones or something. 
Um, yeah, I agree with that. Carthay Circle, that is one of my favorite Disney restaurants. Carthay Circle is phenomenal. Cranberry corn. Turkey chorizo. Mm. Cranberry fritter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is, I don't know what a grilled Sierra Foothills turkey is, but it sounds great. <laughs> um, wine country. Uh, I don't even know how to say that word. I'm sorry. Trattoria? Something. <laughs> uh, Lamplight Lounge. I like that experience, too. Um, we got the drinks that had the, or I got one of the alcoholic beverages that had like the dry ice in the bottom and it's like smoking up out of it and stuff like that. That was pretty neat. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of another place. I was going to say I didn't like that place because they wouldn't give me um, an iced coffee, but that's not that place. I'm thinking of another one. What place is that? I can't remember the name of it, but I asked for an iced coffee and they're like, well, we don't do that. And I was like, well, oh, you have- you, no, no, no. Are you, you're talking and aren't you talking? Was in- it world? Yeah, you're, oh, uh, and people, <laughs> people hate when we say this because it's semi highly regarded, I think. Don't be don't be talking bad about Joffrey's. Brown Derby. Oh, uh, I agree. I think it's overrated. As ever, very like I got duck I, and Abby got fillet. I got I don't know I got something and I was not. Very it was so bland and yeah. just overpriced. Two credits, boring. I I didn't like it. I and didn't they didn't give it. me a nice coffee. Good. I was like, "Do you make coffee?" And he's like, "Yes." I was like, "Well, can you make me a coffee and bring me a cup of ice?" Yeah, yeah. That was uh, not Robert, a I think it was highly overrated. Yeah. Thank gosh, we're not alone on that one. Uh, the other ones are at the um, Paradise Pier Hotel has. Uh, Surfside Lounge. I've never been to that, but that has some offerings. Huh. Uh, PCH Grill has a lot of offer offerings. It, oh yeah, that's a lot, a lot. It's butternut a, squash bisque. Oh, look at the hot entrees. I don't even know how to say that first. What is P? What is PCH Grill? That's PCH. their uh, main dining room at Paradise Pier. Then they do a character breakfast. Oh, but they don't do characters for dinner, I believe. What characters do they do, or does it just vary? Um, I think you get Mickey, Minnie, Stitch, Daisy. I think mm-hmm. those four. Okay. The last time I was there, it's been a few years. This the entrees that they have there is for this Thanksgiving meal. I I'm gonna have trouble pronouncing some of it. Say that first word. Coavine. That's the closest <laughs> I can get. I don't know. Uh, the other one, the one after, it's even worse. Uh, Cipollini onions, mushrooms, and red potatoes. Artichoke crusted salmon with uh, fennel cream sauce. Sliced turkey. Dark meat. Don't want the light. Dark meat's the best. Dark meat is the best. The light's so dry. I agree. Uh, gravy. Uh, roasted pork loin, uh, caramelized uh, bourbon apples, and cinnamon glaze. Ugh. What is this? Uh, Borson whipped potatoes. I don't know. Candied yams and uh, love a candied yam. Boulet, uh, marshmallows, Boulet. cranberry almond rice. Okay, I'm hungry for Thanksgiving. This now. is oh this my is god! Crazy. Thanksgiving food is my all-time favorite. Love Thanksgiving. Me too. Uh, Storyteller Cafe has some breakfast cold and breakfast hot selections. They have a special omelet station for Thanksgiving. Um, what else they have here? There's some dinner cold selections. There's dinner hot. Jesus. I mean, they've yeah, they've Thanksgiving got like carving must be. station and everything. It must be big at 
Disney. I've never thought to spend Thanksgiving at Disney, but now I'm thinking it. I I, I went a couple years ago. We didn't do any some of the fine dining, but uh, it's always fun. It's decorated for the for the holidays. So you got the overlay at Haunted Mansion. You got the overlay at It's a Small World for the holidays. It's definitely something to see. I've never got to do the Small World yeah, it's overlay. Always, it's always uh, closed whenever yeah, we get there. Yeah, they're always putting the overlay on when we're there. And then it opens like the week after we leave. But Haunted Holiday is the best Haunted Mansion. By far. Oh, yeah. it Definitely. Like, I think my ranking is... I'm kind of torn. But Haunted Holiday and then... I love Hatbox Ghost, so I want to put Disneyland after that. But Disney World's Haunted Mansion is just more updated. It has extra rooms and stuff and, like, the library area. And I don't know. It, it might be better than normal Disneyland. Sometimes I think it's so hard to compare the two. Like, even the same rides, it's hard to compare the two because they're, they're still just, like, so different. Well, maybe... Uh... For next go around, we'll do a comparison for we could do a comparison Disneyland versus World on some of those rides. That could be a thing. We could do that. Um, Email. Some, I because I mean pirates. There's a lot of people that are just obsessed with the idea that pirates and land is better than World. Yeah, because um, there's always a chance that Johnny Depp could be in there. That's not no. It's not. It's it happened like it only happened once. one time. It, it happened. So there is always that chance because it <laughs> happened. I secretly hope for it every single time I go through there. I want to go to the one in um, oh, what is it, like Beijing or somewhere? Where's Shanghai. the one? Shanghai. That's it. Where it's just crazy. That one looks awesome. Yes. Uh, other places that have offerings to wrap that up is um, Goofy's Kitchen and Steakhouse Fifty Five. Actually, the uh, Steakhouse Fifty Five. It sounds good. They're, it they're, does. Butternut squash tortellini. Oh, brown butter. I don't know that word. I don't know that word either. A puma, spuma. I don't know. Uh, that could be really wrong. Jesus, it's this isn't even English after you get past that point. But uh, <laughs> Roasted turkey wellington. Yeah, roasted turkey wellington, brioche stuffing, cranberry. Compote. Boom. Um, <laughs> Swiss chard, wild mushroom gravy. Um I don't know if this is a wine or some migration by Duckhorn, Anderson Valley, California. What does that even mean? That's uh, a the, it's a wine? Yeah, Duckhorn. Okay. All right. The um, the uh, pumpkin, the dessert is pumpkin brulee, poached mini pumpkin, cranberry compote, and um, pecan butter cookies. It, mm. In a 20-year uh, Cockburn uh, Tawny Port. Like this. Ooh. Sounds solid. So I might have to make my way out for Thanksgiving sometime. Let me know. Maybe we can plan it for next year. Let's let's think about that. <laughs> let's do that. Well, that's all I've got. Uh, you got anything else for us today, Joe? No, nope, I think we covered the movies pretty well. It was, I think it was a good cast. Hey, well, thanks for coming on with us. It was a pleasure having you on here. I hope that John and Kathy enjoy um, the, the work we did. And uh, like we said before, congratulations guys. I think so. And if anybody wants to find us, see us in the Facebook group. You can join the Facebook family by searching for started with a mouse podcast on Facebook or find us on Instagram at started with a mouse underscore podcast. 
or get to us through email by contacting startwithamousepodcast at gmail.com. And please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we hope to bring a little bit of Disney magic into your everyday lives. Sing